Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by punching himself in the face, Kevin Zimmerman. Wake up, buddy. It's Monday. Got a long week ahead. Thursday night football. I just got, like, the worst yawn at the wrong time. I'm fine. I'm here. With 30 minutes left on your shift. Yeah, tough stuff (laughs) for you, bud. Um, Let's just get into it. Uh, I talked about at the end of our last podcast how I just want to talk about basketball, and we can't talk about basketball can't at the start say of this that podcast. Without knocking on wood, or yeah, that infuriates me to no end. We're gonna cover everything here, which is almost nothing, which is part of what we're gonna talk about here. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Jordan Schultz, who is someone who lacked accuracy in the past, reported something. And he went on to work for Yahoo Sports for some time. He worked with ESPN. It does not appear he's working anywhere right now reporting this for anyone. He's the host of a podcast with CJ McCollum. Get not a stand up, get up. It's something Don't up. Know. Oh, whatever. Um, he tweeted something to the effect of there is a story coming that the NBA is getting ready for on Suns owner Robert Sarver that has accusations of racism sexism and sexual harassment it involves those three things those are very alarming terrible things to hear about and immediately everyone grabs this and we're talking about it and we're looking at it and me and you both know it's the same thing which is that this is a report of a report basically and what has happened is someone is working on a story that that part is like we Talk about like what's coming, what's not coming. We we know now that there is a story coming at some point. We know the outlet. I don't really want to even talk about the outlet or who's writing it here because I don't believe that's fair to do. Yeah. To out who is who is writing it and what outlet has it. That's part of we'll just leave it at that, leave that part there. And it's also, in both of our opinions, as as journalists, as much as I cringe at that word for me specifically, because journalists to me are like the people in Afghanistan, like yeah. the war reporters in Afghanistan. We're you know, just doing like that's, the sports ball here. Yeah, um, it's it's something that is that is bothersome for sure. And you can say, oh, well, there are this many people interviewed. Eventually, it's going to get out. Well, there are stories like this all the time that interview a lot of people that it doesn't get out for, and it doesn't get out for a specific reason, which is the the ethics of it the journalistic ethics of it and we will roll right past that part of the conversation we don't really need to and we can honestly very briefly say kevin this is weird and strange and doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now because we literally do not even know what we are talking about yet we know that there are layers to this jordan schultz joined our programming talked about what he believes to be on the story which i can almost guarantee he has not read so we don't even know we know what he probably knows what has been talked about and what the allegations are and what is there but we don't know the story we don't know what's going to be in the story we don't know what has been triple quadruple fact checked by the person reporting this story so we have to wait until the story comes out and see from there but it's obviously not good four hours before a game starts for that to come out no so i'll just speak on the 
the ethics of what we know and how we handle these things. If anyone is interested in that, because we can talk on that. And what happened was when he puts that tweet out there, you reach out to the team and the team did get back to everyone and put out a lot of statements from Robert Sarver, James Jones, um, and Jason Rowley, who's the president and CEO. You can go read those on our website if you want. It seems like the Suns were aware of this being developed. I don't want to say coming because, again, this story may never come out, Kevin, for all we know. And ethically, I think that's why we were, we were, we reached out. We didn't write on whatever Jordan Schultz's tiny tweet was, but we had to do something when the Suns put out that massive amount of words as a statement. Again, you can go read that and make your own conclusions based on them defending themselves on allegations, accusations that again are not out there yet that's the whole point is it's not out there so obviously whoever's writing this doesn't feel comfortable to go with it yet for whether you say that's legal reasons not enough evidence or whatever sourcing from the interviews they need to do follow-ups they clearly didn't do they clearly didn't get to the point where they went to the sons um and did a full-fledged hear all the allegations because the Suns in their statement basically were like, well, we're going to respond to all these things that, again, we don't know. So, I don't know. They're getting ahead of it. It's it's super weird to have someone scoop a scoop. And, and honestly, I'm not saying anything that I have knowledge of, but it's weird when some other reporter tells the world that another media entity is about to release something because that seems like there's credibility issues there so with that said that's our perspective we had to cover this from like a media angle and say the sun's put out a statement to everyone like it wasn't just me because i reached out you got that email too probably it is everyone did yeah to to give my just quite literal two cents on it and then move on on that part it is difficult to continue to defend the way that our industry is portrayed when scoop 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 first 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 all of that stuff matters and did my hand twitch when i realized my phone was not in my hands when when monty williams said today that cam johnson campaign didn't practice yes (laughs) just the reality of where we're at and what matters uh unfortunately which accuracy always first it's a completely different example of course but you know it, it it is what it is we're here it's not changing it's going to continue to be more of what it is right now i don't want to sit here and talk about what shams wrote about Kyrie, like that kind of line like let's just move on please and uh talk about basketball is that okay with you i'm not being sarcastic if you got anything more to say go ahead i'll just say we'll we'll follow up on this if anything ever happens and actually gets published <laughs> yeah um which, I mean, we're on schedule now to, we got one basketball game that was about contract extensions mostly, and then we got two where this was around it, so we're three for three so far. So if the universe wants to continue doing this, it would come out probably tomorrow. Okay, uh, the Suns are one and two, Kevin. They played basketball games. Funny enough, the day the story comes out, that's when they played their best basketball. Um in a completely unrelated thing, of course. And to end on that note, by the way, Dem Booker had the best line, which is what we just said for five minutes, which was he said the control we can control. We're focusing on like ourselves. Our, our locker room's great. Like Nothing's going to break that bond. 
we need to wait and see what is said first. Yeah. He had the same kind of thing where it's like, we need to wait and see what it is because we don't even know what it is yet. And You take allegations seriously, but a tweet, bad words in that tweet, but not enough... Not evidence, not anything, yeah. I, I will say if it does come out before the next time we, we pod, I would urge fans to keep in mind where they are, how they go about reacting to the news to just keep in mind if there are victims to consider while yeah. they while they react. Last thing I'll say on it. Yeah. Suns are one and two. Um What was your read on all of this, Kevin? Because the way that I ended my my recap of the Portland thing was that it is easy to... I was on the air with Burns and Gambo, and Gambo is going to, it sounds like, continue to scoff at us for the rest of the year that we predicted this team to win 60 games, unless it happens. And his main thinking was that they are the hunted, essentially. Teams are going to be approaching them differently this year. I agree with that. I consider that as a factor in my in in my prediction. And I got to say, Kevin, it is something where I just look at this team and I end. This is how I ended it. And I was like, well, we can say that's the case, but until the Suns are actually playing basketball like the way they normally do, yeah, and until they are really just like flat out, they play their best. The other team plays their best, and that team is just better because if they play. 80% of what we were used to in the regular season last year, I believe they beat Denver and they beat Portland and they're 3-0 right now. Maybe not Portland because of the way that they were shooting the ball. CJ and Dame just got off the dribble in these spots where the Suns clearly, Monty's alluded to it, they have some adjusting to do with when they're switching, when they're not, how they're handling ball screens on both ends of the floor. So there's some adjusting to be done. But he said it today. Um, you haven't heard the audio yet. I was there at practice and he just said the Suns basketball level of conditioning. So there is a level of shape which they were in at the start of the season. But one of the things that he mentioned with communicating is that when you're not communicating, a lot of the times it's because you're tired. And for them to communicate as much as they do defensively, it doesn't seem like their conditioning is at the Suns basketball level. They practice for two hours today, which they rarely do. And they've got a really long homestand here with not a lot of games in it to try and get all of that on course before the schedule starts to get in a more difficult uh, position. Yeah, I don't know if I buy other teams taking them seriously. I think teams took them seriously when they were atop the West all last year. They had Chris Paul on their team. They were being taken um, seriously. Yeah, I think it's a bigger deal and the bigger challenge and where I, I do feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't pick 60 because they have to fight themselves. You've seen flashes in each of these games already, obviously a lot more in the Lakers game, where they do flip that switch where they're – jawing and they get super engaged the lakers i think it was easy to get engaged with them because of the playoff series because they were taking it seriously russ was rocking the baby early in that game um but i don't think the suns have played well at all i think their defense has been borderline pretty pretty bad um just you look at the three-point percentages I feel like half of the threes allowed have been open. Just a guy, a guy is there in position. It's one on one, and the guy's just like, "Oh, you're going to give me that airspace, okay?" Yeah. And and stuff like that. And the conditioning. I brought up Da. He's not the only one. A bunch of people got mad at me that I wasn't calling out Booker, and I was like, "I think you can see in that 
The guy that COVID three weeks ago, yeah, like yeah, I don't think that needs to be said. Yeah, it is pretty obvious. The guy's still not playing the full first quarters because he's yeah. Um, Chris Paul has not been good on defense. Mikel has actually been stuck on bigger players, so he's not on CJ Dame as much. He was guarding LeBron in the Lakers game, so I, I think there are a lot of reasons to believe that this they have a lot of room to improve on defense. And so when you have the same guys coming back, I I need to see. A little more evidence that something's broken, I guess. Correct. Uh, way too small of a sample size to react. I'm zero percent. But they're not playing well. either that's, of these that's... games. Outside of stating that, yeah. Devin put it best after the Portland game with their defense and said he just doesn't think they're completely on a string right now. And something that me and you talked about so much when this team sucked, and then so much when it didn't, was being in the right position defensively and with that mindset, a guy being a step out of position and how much that can damage a team. That was something that I watched early on when rewatching the game against Portland was that it was someone driving in. I think it was Dame drove in early in the game and had four sons collapse on him. And DeAndre was on the back line of the pick and roll and all of the ball screen. And he got a pretty good read on Dame and was pretty much there. Dame would have probably gotten the shot blocked. He had Crowder and Booker both collapse on him and books leaving CJ McCollum in the corner. And that's and Book knows that better than anyone. Like weak side corner when a guy's driving, like that's almost the weak side guy's like your first read essentially. And it's actually you think about the way we contextualize it strong side, weak side, with the way you drive, like and you're on the baseline essentially, you're under the basket. The weak side corner guy is probably the easiest guy to pass to most of the time, actually. And especially when Dame got all the way to the basket like that. And it's just those types of things where it's like even when Book wasn't necessarily collapsing or Crowder wasn't, and I noticed it was Book a couple of times where he was just like a step further away. And it was to your point where the closeout wasn't intense enough or he was too far away to have that intense closeout. And he was like approaching him not slowly, but cautiously, if that makes sense. And then Norm Powell was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot yeah. it. And those types of threes happened a lot in the Portland game. And then the Denver game was just miscommunication and just way too many guys open. McGee and Nader have to sit down in a room for like an hour and figure out when they're switching and when they're not because it happened again in, in the yeah. Portland game. There was things with their defense that seemed off like in terms of where deandre and javel were positioning themselves in drop javel was like at the foul line and when guys were driving by him he wasn't even moving his feet he was just kind of swiping at the ball and then if they just got past him which they did every time the lane was just wide open there was no one behind him so i think that was clearly not by design and there's something else that needs to get done there in terms of when they trap when they don't that's something monty brought up today is that when they're shooting it's like sometimes we're like scared of the shot sometimes we're not scared enough of the shot and those are off the dribble threes anyway like people see a wide open three dribbling around a ball screen at the same time it's an off the dribble three one of the least accurate shots in the league should you approach it differently against guys like damon cj yes you should (laughs) you definitely should so it's one of those things, Kevin, too, with their defense, especially where we saw so many games last year. You you probably remember ad nauseum how much I talked about. Like they had a unique game plan against this team for this game. The Denver game really early in the year. You remember that? It was either was it Utah? It was Utah. They, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, they, sorry. They they had a back to back. That's my brain and your brain's different. I'm a weirdo. Uh, they had a back to back against Denver and Utah that they I think they won both games and there was a one game in Utah where they just defended Utah completely differently than their normal scheme and it worked great and 
their ability to do that a numerous amount of times before even the playoffs told me like, oh, this is going to be a very, very good defensive team because not only do you have your normal principles intact, but you can deploy a one-game shift that is dramatic enough. And to that point, this is not exactly what Monty was talking about, so don't line the two up together completely. But what he said was when I asked him, wow, two games in nine days, like, do you approach this as a time to improve? And the way that he took improve was adding new things and he was like well i just think we need to get better at what we do as opposed to adding a new wrinkle here and adding a new wrinkle there we just need to get better at what we do and that just kind of told me in my head like where they're at right now which is they still need to fine-tune those things and to your to your point and people can say like oh you're talking about continuity so much i also talked about a short layoff a lot but one of those things was going to be there at different times in the season we're going to see both benefits one benefit and then one hinder them and it looks like it's more of been the short layoff has hurt them as opposed to the continuity helping them i mean you look at if you want to look at one specific thing to your point about just learning what they do like mcgee defending against when jeff green's the small ball center and a three-point shooter they got burned that you know both games around the lakers series or game sorry um i think it's not even as simple as me looking at that play and being like oh well javel's not running out on the three-point shooter it's every other guy knowing oh am i supposed to actually be the guy who slides over and helps there or like what do you do and i just think they didn't have a clear answer and how they played and i couldn't tell you what they were supposed to do so they're just at that very basic level of okay one new guy is throwing us all off plus they're not again not playing that well together in the first place so when that comes after a couple other breakdowns and who knows who's supposed to do what because you're just scrambling at that point so i just think you have to look for things being cleaned up at the very very basic levels and then you get to new guys doing stuff and how you operate around them, and then you get to building on game plans and that kind of thing. Yeah, they're at a it it's not fair to characterize it as elementary because they're far further than that, but they are not at this like mastered point that at least I was approaching them as at the start of the season where I was like, Oh, they've got everything figured out. They know how to really, really defend well and really, really move the ball well, and those two things go a long way. We talked to um the new uh, two-way signing, which we should mention, Ish Wainwright, who takes up their second spot, by the way, like the largest human being I've seen height-wise. Um, Former Buffalo Bills tight end. By Yeah, by height-wise, I mean oh. he's six. He's not that tall, but he's 6'5", he's like 250. Your, yeah, yeah. And his shoulders are the size of like a sedan, probably. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Large human being. Very pleasing uh, to talk to human being as well. And I was just talking to him, he was like, I was just saying from a player's perspective, when you watch a team like the Suns and moves the ball the way they do, defends the way they do, do you visualize yourself on those types of teams sometimes? And he was like, oh yeah, like this is the dream. This is where, and we get that line from every new player who comes here, like this is the way you want to play basketball. So I just thought with all of that in mind that they were going to be able to get off on a better foot to start the year, and, and but they're not. And that's the reality of where we're at, Kevin, is that they're not quite at the position we thought they would be, but... I'll say, but they've got five games in 14 days. It is the Kings, Cavaliers, Pelicans, one more other not so good team that I'm not remembering off the top of my head that I'll look up right now, and then the Hawks. Yeah. It's two weeks at home to really figure some things out. That's, yeah, that's not necessarily that 
easy. I mean, I, I think those are all winnable, but like Kings have played well. I think Cavs have looked. I, I made fun of myself for playing as the Cavs on 2K, like during my vacation, but actually, like apparently Laurie Markinen's playing the small forward spot, but they're somehow winning a little bit. I don't know. Mobley might just Mobley, be really good right away. Mobley yeah. is somehow really good right away. Yeah. It's a it's a stingier than you would expect, but if you had to rank like the top ten worst teams in the league, this is like they're in like the seventeen to twenty two range or whatever. Yeah, you know, like those types of teams. Like New Orleans is not going to be awful, but they don't have Zion right now either, and they look really bad without him for now. Um, the other team is the Rockets, which are going to be oh, one of the worst yeah. teams in the league. Um, and then the Hawks are great. That's a game I'm super looking yes. forward to because when we watch them in the playoffs, especially, I was like. Spider-Man meme. These are two of the same teams. Like uh, minus the the Chris Paul factor, but young play the right way on both ends. Really fun to watch. Bunch of young depth. Yep. When we talked about deepest teams, I forgot about the Hawks. I think the Hawks. Well, we were they might have a case West. as as the deepest. Yeah. yeah, they're they're awesome. We no, we did talk about that. Yeah, because I made the point of like they not only do they have like Delon Wright and Gorgie Jang, but they have. Sharif Cooper and Okongwu oh, no. behind them, so it's like who don't even play. Yeah, so if the young guys aren't even that great, which it looks like Delon Wright and Jang are getting the minutes for now. Uh, Okongwu's hurt, I believe. I would assume that he gets the minutes when he comes back because he was playing even last year and some in the playoffs. But that's a yeah that that game is going to be great. Any individual player things? I think that Book took two games, which is fine, and it might be taking him a little bit longer. That's okay. His defense has actually been there. Like the intensity, I don't know if it's been great, but it's intensity execution misbalance. The intensity yeah. has been there. The execution, but kind it of looks been like he's like, I bit. feel like crap. I'm just going to play hard defense, which is good to see. Yeah, we probably have to talk about Mikel in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I was Why'd you say. think it? <laughs> yeah, Everything's was, bad right now. Sorry, yeah, I was confused. I thought we were going down the bat again. Uh, yeah, he's been their best player so far. Right? Aggressiveness, I think, just clicked. Like I. I was always wondering, like, is he going to be... I don't know if he can take that next step just because sometimes he passes out, but he's been super aggressive. I mean, he's taken LeBron's... That game was interesting to me because he really... Like, I don't know if it's... I'd rather have Mikel on guards. I think I would, but if he plays LeBron James that well, I don't know. Um, He was really good defensively held up physically against a big big dude that's something to watch for me but 17 a game through the first three games which is yeah makes him their second leading score book shooting under 40 percent at 18 a game that'll go up but yeah do you believe that my my stance has always been chris paul's chris paul let him just relax people were you do you react in any way to the fact that like both the Denver game and the Portland game were kind of like okay we need the Chris Paul thing and he did it in the Lakers game but he didn't do it in the other two games I think that the Portland game specifically I the zoom audio is tough on the question being asked but I believe this was about Chris and him only taking five shots and something he mentioned was like the angle of the screen for for DA and for JaVale where they were playing Chris a certain way and they needed to change the way the screen was coming across. I still think he's a guy that can score just about whenever. So they can't rely on him either. But do you have a reaction either way to like his play so far? Uh, I thought he's been overall good. I, I'm i still wondering about the pace thing because in the playoffs we came across the where he admitted like, like I think it was Willie told him to like, you got to push that. 
Um, it's been a constant battle. It And that's just not his nature. So I think, like, whether that's conscious or not, like, he's... I think they're better when he pushes it, but he just hasn't been. And I, I'm pretty sure the numbers show the pace has been pretty slow. So to me, I think that's going to be a thing I watch because I think when you have this team where DA can run, and obviously, again, being in shape matters, Mikel can run and slash. Book obviously loves pushing it in transition. Um, they're, they share the ball well. I, I think you do have to look at trying to get more out of transition game um but again that that's a lot tougher when you don't get stops and they have not been getting enough stops so i I think everything as we talked about last year begins on the defensive end and then i can really nitpick him um but like everyone else it's been kind of rough um mikhail i think is the only guy maybe cam johnson um where you can say that they're they're in mid-season form already i think yeah and there was this, the boost of continuity thing was something where in the Nuggets game, there was a stretch in the fourth quarter where Mikel came around off-ball screens, like curls and stuff, and took like an eight-footer. And then the next position, it was Cam Johnson doing that. And it was in the fourth quarter, and it was like, okay, like the game's on the line here. You're down eight. Maybe it should just be Chris and Devin. That speaks to kind of like I think they knew where they were at with those two and need to rely on other offense, but at the same time, their continuity that was the boost we expected where you could do that in the middle of games and do it when the game is on the line um when it's when you're not down 10 necessarily when you're up 10 yeah and it's just different kind of flows that they have to figure out right now um i think that about does it cam uh, campaign has a i believe it's his right hamstring it's a hamstring strain i can't remember if it's right or his left he kind of had they noticed him in like the first half i think and then there was a conversation at some point and then he played through it and he felt worse after the game than he did like during the game. Did not practice today on Monday. Alfred Payton was fine in his place. I think particularly defensively, Alfred is really, really good. Um, especially like I think on the ball, he was from his first Phoenix Sin to his second Phoenix Sin. I think off the ball playing in under Tibbs really got him in a really good place there. Yeah, Monty's mentioned it like all the time. His off ball defense is really good. So. They're fine there. It doesn't sound like it's a serious thing where he should miss. Like, I would expect him to play before the homestand's over, it seems like. Yeah. I guess mention big guy. Um, oh. Without a new contract, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think he has to get into a little better shape. It's the same thing as Book to me. Like, no, he has not been good or necessarily playing in rhythm. Um I'm still just gonna wait on that one. Yeah, not sure. I'm not, I don't have takes, I, I guess, but we have to mention him. Yeah, not sure what happened when, like, three weeks ago, we were talking about how he came to training camp in game shape already. Different now. than fake game shape. Running on beach is different than real game shape. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he is. Uh, I don't want to say struggled, but he has not been a uh, presence thus far. For right, them, and they really need him to be a presence. They were like little pockets again, and this is. Round and round we go. Where does it stop? Nobody knows. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's call it there, friend. Let's uh, the all Suns now play better. Let's all bow our heads and just hope that we're talking about basketball at the start of next <laughs> podcast, please. <laughs> basketball gods. Let me talk about games against the Kings and the Cavaliers on next podcast yeah. or even worse please don't make us do a breaking podcast on something that isn't on the basketball court. (laughs)
Signed, yours truly, Kellen. How do you give to the basketball gods? I don't know, but they've taken a lot from me, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, everyone.